everybody, and welcome to the Prime Subjective, a Star Trek podcast where we are taking you through the wonderful journey that is season four of Star Trek Discovery. I am your host, Chris Newcomer. With me is Mike Henley. Hello, hello. Jay Nim. Hello, hello, hello. Carrie Hinners. Peace and long life. <laughs> That's the only topper that I wouldn't have accepted. I'm going to carry <laughs> one million points. <laughs> um, today we will be discussing uh, 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 season four, episode three of Star Trek Discovery, which is called uh, uh, Hope. Wait, what is it? I have it right here, and it's just gone out of my damn head. It's Choose to live. to live. Choose to Choose live. Choose to live. Choose to live. And so, before we get started with the episode, I have my favorite, favorite segment, which is "How you doing?" Mm. Where I just ask my compatriots how they're doing. So, Carrie. Mm-hmm. How you doing? Oh, oh, how how am I not doing? You know, <laughs> um, I am doing so well. I re, uh, this weekend I attended an online Star Trek Voyager quizzo, which I was Ooh. very excited hey. to. Nice. Uh, <laughs> with a bunch of other you know fans of the Delta Flyers podcast. So now I'm not just a fan of Star Trek Voyager, but I'm also a fan. <laughs> fan of the the voyager podcast um it went well we came in third place those questions were hard those questions were rough some of the questions were what deck was is tom paris's quarters on deck nine whoa deck nine nine? uh no that's no no that turns out to be balana's uh quarters i knew one of them was on deck nine see (laughs) tricky a tricky question because it's like, who can't everybody on deck nine hear what's going on? Yeah. You know, like that, because they're so loud. Well, in if there, they haven't no. soundproofed things by the 24th century, uh, <laughs> you know, then we're in real trouble. What if they yeah. want to both foster a sense of closeness by having thin walls? Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like we're a big family here yeah, on the ship. Camaraderie. It makes sense. It's like we all know each other's business. Well, and then we also have the, they have the bio um the the bio parts of the ship. So the ship is alive anyway, so really so maybe like just a thin membrane between mm. each um, mm-hmm. each room. <laughs> we're going into some wonderful territory. I'm very, very pleased about. Uh <laughs> Uh, uh, hey Jay, how are you doing? How are you doing? Uh, I'm I'm good. Uh, I spent like five hours on Saturday assembling IKEA furniture with someone. Who? So it's a good time. So do you have a? Did you have another hex wrench to add to your junk drawer wrench? Which is what happens to me when I put together. Um, oh, you got it right there. There they are. Oh, yes. look at that. Did you, you feel the satisfaction of having? Oh, sorry. Go, go ahead. You go ahead. I was going to say, I'm not going to tell our viewers what uh, what just happened. They're going to have to guess. <laughs> yeah, you're right. So Jay showed us. Um, no, don't say like, it. Don't say it, Chris. <laughs> what looked like the bone of an infant. And I don't know why he did that. That was terrifying. And I love how we always call them our viewers. And our, not our listeners. <laughs> this is special. Hey. This is a special inside joke that we. Yeah, have. they're viewing our words through their ears. <laughs> uh, hey, Mike Henley, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing. I'm doing all right. I'm doing. Uh, I'm doing uh, pretty good. I, uh, you know, uh, spent the weekend, um, you know, mainly, uh, you know, tidying up the house a little bit and putting off buying holiday presents because I don't know. God, I'm just. I'm. I'm. I'm just. I'm just stressed. December is now the stress month, basically. It makes me remember being a kid where like this month just took forever to go by. And now I'm just like, I have two weeks to do this. This is enough time to do anything. So I'm just, I'm, I'm really, really glad to have a respite tonight to talk about, uh, to talk about Star Trek Discovery. So, so Mike, what I'm learning about you is that you hate vacation. Vacation. Like <laughs> no, I, I I love Christmas. The ramp up to Christmas is see, really I tough see. because it's yeah. running around like crazy trying to make sure everything's right. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then and then you see the people who didn't put that much you know planning mm. into it who just right. skate by on Christmas and, and you're just like ah. Oh! Yeah. And they and they have mm-hmm. no anxiety about it whatsoever. I yeah. worried about my presents for weeks, and you're basically yeah. just like ah eh, whatever. And not only that, they were well received. 
Tell me your secrets. Yeah. Get it. I make my own hell. Yeah. <laughs> it's our third t-shirt. I make my own hell. By Kenley. That's quite a good t-shirt, actually. I would wear that. It is good. It is a good t-shirt. I, I like that. that. And it's true. Well, giving gifts is so hard. Sorry. Yeah. I can I can just empathize. My girlfriend yeah. like loves giving and receiving gifts and I mm. they make me uncomfortable, so this is also stressful. Casual sig other reveal. Okay, okay, <laughs> girlfriend. The lore gets deeper. Yeah, drop. <laughs> drop that. Our viewers right now are taking notes. Okay, okay, okay. okay. He's got a girlfriend. Okay, Character okay. notes for Jay. Okay. Jay, right. taken. Okay. I wonder, I wonder how our viewers picture us. <clears throat> I've, I'm sorry. I'm giving I'm giving our editors so much stuff to cut out. I feel bad. <laughs> I don't think they cut much, and I don't think they should because I think it's all gold. And also uh, on that end, how am I doing? I'll tell you. Yeah. How are you doing, yeah. Chris? <laughs> so today, as I mentioned to my to you guys earlier, um, but not to our viewers slash readers, um, mm-hmm. I uh, I had a work function, but also at the, earlier in that work function, we had our secret Santa, and my new boss Ooh. had me, and she got me this. Star Trek, um, uh, charcuterie oh, board. That hey, that's amazing. That says cute. "Eat well and prosper" over a hand Love doing it. the Vulcan uh, sign of peace, and uh, 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 I'm, I felt quite seen and loved, and uh, yes. wonderful. So I thought y'all would appreciate that. Nice. Geeky Aww. and useful. Is there a better combination yeah. than that? Yeah. I don't also, think so. I literally, they, they, they like, they had like write the things you want, and I was not even thinking about it. I just, I literally just wrote cheese and Star Trek, and I was like, well. Oh, <laughs> You have not known that at all since you were 13 years old, which is awesome. Ooh, cheese. Loved cheese in Star Trek. So. Speaking um, of and, cheese. Yeah. Is, uh, do, I, do I smell a segue? No. No. no it's cheese, not. how are you yeah, doing? Yeah. Speaking of cheese. <laughs> Speaking of cheese, uh, you know you know what's cheesy to me? Uh, no, you know what's not cheesy to me, I should say, is our wonderful segment, Trek in the News. And yeah. I would I would love to know uh, what so Trek is in the news, Carrie, because I, I feel like you've been really our 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 crossing guard on that street of life. I of I am so excited because these articles they find their way to me. These new these news tidbits they just come mm-hmm. to me. And uh, speaking of cheese, uh, moon news. As we all know, the moon is made <laughs> of cheese, but. Uh, China, uh, China's rover U2, uh, U22, actually, it's called U22 because U21, two years ago, was the first um, rover to do a soft landing on the the dark side of the moon. But now they have U22 up, and I'm only mentioning it now because the big news is that they're finding, they found a cube-shaped mystery hut on on the horizon of the far side of the moon. Um... Probably a boulder, but let your imagine run wild. Imagine, let your imagine imagine run wild. wild. (laughs) Let your imagine machine of your mind run wild. It does. It is. It is like it's. It is that kind of headline makes me think that um, someone from the New York Post is now writing for scientific magazines. They're like cube-shaped hut found on the dark side of the moon. It's the biggest. I was like, are, are we? Are we really? I mean, this doesn't feel yeah. very fact-checked. But you wouldn't know. believe its secret. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, we saw it with just, Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> <laughs> and just so you know, this is not. Uh, you know, this is real news, legitimate yeah. news. I, yeah. I my source is space.com. And uh, space.com's trustworthy uh, space news site. Um, because the other news that's happening in Star Trek is that William Shatner, who went to space, is now, ha- uh, you know, promoting a documentary about the time that he went to space on uh, Netflix. So if you just search uh, Star Trek news in your Google machine, that's what you're going to get, William Shatner's Netflix documentary. Well, <clears throat> I feel good about that. I also feel like as long as they don't spend too much time glorifying Jeff Bezos and you know his mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, his mm-hmm. wanton attempt to curry favor by shooting a ninety year old man towards <laughs> towards the moon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then I'll feel better about it. But you know, I'll, I'll certainly watch. Listen, yeah. I'll watch anything. I'm watching Lost right. in Space. I'll watch right. anything. Just in kidding. It's I, good. Wow, huge he, slam on yeah. Lost in Space. Wow. What, what is no, Bruce Willis was, in that? Damn. I was gonna make that joke about Discovery. You beat me to it with another show. Oh, 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 oh. 
feel badly that this is the season we're trying to bring Jay into Discovery on because I do feel like I'm having a great time. Like I yeah. thoroughly enjoy picking things apart. And well, then <laughs> you're in the right place. The more there is like unique, unique. I'm not saying this show is this, but unique trash is like my favorite genre of anything. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoy unique trash. I like that perspective. Also, yeah. can be called camp. I believe camp is another definition mm. of camp. I mean, we'll have mm. to reference. I um, maybe. I, I guess my my real like not just unique trash, but unique trash by people who didn't intend it to be trash, or people yeah. who had yes. all the means to succeed but still failed. Like Earnestly Chance, delivered unique trash. Yeah. Yes. Like Chance the Rapper's The Big Day. Highly recommend <laughs> if you want some exquisite <laughs> trash. Yeah, I get. I feel that way about a lot of things. Like, oh, you were so close to the finish line. Why didn't yes. you just? Why didn't yeah. you mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. go over? Oh, and to 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 sum up the Trek in the news segment. Yes. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I just a few a few weeks ago, uh, if, uh, listeners to our podcast might remember we reported on uh, the oh, yeah. uh, Discovery fans in the UK being very upset ha having to wait until uh, twenty twenty two to watch Discovery because of Paramount Plus, blah blah blah, yada yada. Well, a few weeks ago, uh, following that. Uh, uh, they were able to watch it on uh, Friday, November 26th um, on Pluto, thanks to the incessant whining of everybody on the internet. Um, thank goodness. They're just a week behind us, so... It's like we were with Bake Off, so it's just fair, yeah. fair, fair, about as fair play. Mm -hmm. You know, if you don't want to find out what happens with Discovery, don't go on Twitter and find out that Chiggs was Star Baker. I know I'm mixing the two shows, but you get the idea. Um, number one, also Chiggs, my number one heartthrob for the moment. I'm very, I'm a fan. Uh, that's neither here nor there. That's not about Star Trek, which is what we're here to talk about. In fact, Star we're here Baker. to talk about Star Baker. <laughs> 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 Carrie, that tickled me in just the <laughs> Star Baker. Oh, that's very good. Oh, we got to combine the two. <clears throat> that's very good. Um, that's fantastic. And we're going to discuss the uh, <laughs> the, the uh, third episode of Star Trek Discovery Season 4, which is called Choose Life. Um, any uh, Anyone want to take a, take, a, take a shot at it, maybe giving a little bit of a brief synopsis, and then we could talk about our feelings on it? I mean, brief is is asking for a lot from this. I know crew. from this crew. I, know. <laughs> I, know. I said he said brief. He said brief with such earnest uh, desire that he knew would not be uh, uh, met with uh, satiations. That's not the word, but you get it. Um, yeah. Anyone want to take a, take a stab at maybe the first act? Let's try to try to you know. Oh what's gosh. The, um, I I took notes. So I'm happy to. Yeah. Okay. Go for it. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. So I believe it starts out with a dilithium robbery on board a Federation mm -hmm. starship. There, there are a bunch of uh, melee, melee weapon-wielding mercenaries who are disarming and knocking out Starfleet officers. Um, and one officer remains resolute in his resistance. <laughs> uh, he's, and he's fighting the... the and then if we, we see a... I, I don't know if you're supposed to know their co-op Milot at this point, but you see a co-op Milot sister who... Who tells him, you know, to lay down his arms because otherwise he will die. And she says, "Choose to like, choose to live, and lay down your arms." And he refuses because gotta sacrifice your life for that dilithium. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. she ends up murdering him, and then taking the dilithium and going away. And then I believe it cuts to Burnham talking to the Federation president and Admiral Charles Vance, where they talk about how the, one of their ships was hit for a robbery, as we just saw. And you know she and it's revealed that the person who did it was a co-op Milot named Javeni. Um, there's this meeting between the Federation Navarre and the and a co-op Milot representative who is Burnham's mother in a mm -hmm. fun little twist. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, um, maybe my feelings about this episode are are already seeping in. Um, no, you're doing a good job of it's sounding actually very neutral. Yeah. So I mean, you're keeping. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. very good. Yeah, I'm waiting for when we can tear it apart. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I have a well, lot I wanted, of I wanted to get to this episode, meeting. I wanted to get to this yeah. meeting, and then I think then we can yeah. do our yeah. yeah, yeah. So they reveal that it's a that that Coat Milot perpetrated the robbery and the murder, and her name is Javeni, and Doctor Burnham Burnham Senior, um, is going to be part of the force that goes to apprehend her. It's uh, 
the, the Federation president in, wants both Nivar and the Coat Milat to be involved in this investigation. And Burnham is tasked with being the Federation presence leader on this team. Um, and there's kind of a, a, a side a sidebar between Burnham and the Federation president where Rillick says that this is a really important mission. We need the Coad Milat and Navarre. And while you're in charge, like, you know, you should respect their ways, but make no mistake, you are in charge. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of questions. Yeah, that's a perfect point because that is good. That I was think great. We, can we all agree? That was, yes, uh, number one, Jay, fantastic okay. synopsizing. Yeah. Um, Wonderful. I don't know how you all felt. I mean, I'm working backwards. Her doing that, I was like a complete 180 from previous conversations they'd had about how she wouldn't trust her and she's a, a pendulum that's a wrecking ball. And yep. uh, But suddenly she's like, the one in charge of a very delicate political mission. Like, they what? keep swinging it back and forth. Like, yeah. yeah. Like one, one episode, uh, Michael is, you know, stubborn and charging off and doing her own thing and ignoring everybody. And the next episode, she's like, rules, 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 federation standards, justice. It's like... I think well, make you even, up your mind. I, I think you even see that phenomenon in this episode by itself, mm -hmm. honestly, the way she reacts to some of the plot twists. And then by the end of the episode, she's having a reaction where I'm like, well, wait a minute, actually, didn't you just, it, I, I think there's a lot of that in this episode itself. Mm -hmm. Why are the Coat Milot so important? Is that so covered they, somewhere that I haven't they seen? They are covered. There's a lot of it in, in Picard, Picard and there is yeah. a lot of it in previous seasons of Discovery. So, okay. uh, we knew that it was people who have watched that know that it's the Kawat Mulat, Kawat Mulat uh, right away. Well, I, um, I watched Picard. I just, yeah. I don't understand why they're important, why it's so important to cater to them. They're interesting because they're sort of a, a, a warrior nun type race of the yeah. type, type uh, uh, faction of the Romulans where Romulans have traditionally been very secretive and, uh, you know, uh, Romulan-like. And they're, these are, they have this intense, you know, absolute candor, have mm -hmm. to tell the truth. They pick up lost causes. And right. that's what they attach themselves to, is a lost cause. And they will, like, do anything, anything to... Uh, whatever they need to do for that lost cause but I, but I, but, so. I, but i think the question is like are, are we to assume now that they they're like a legit political entity now that needs to yeah. be like i i feel like that's a little bit fuzzy yeah. for me and, yeah. and 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 this show has thrown a lot at us in the past so like if if, yeah. if something has happened somewhere where it's like actually this has been revealed then i I'll, i can I'll, buy I'll, yeah. i can buy that they're important because at this point in the timeline the vulcans and the romulans have uh created some sort of uh right. peaceful uh you know coexistence mm -hmm. um because if you've watched picard you know that the romulans they're all refugees uh in right. picard time so the romulans don't have a planet so navarre becomes you know vulcan becomes navarre and so i could be i could believe that the uh this the co-op malat is important to yeah. navarre I, I i buy it i buy it Okay. Um, yeah. I, the other kind of realization I had while re, when I had to revisit the Coat Milat is just how, in comparison to other Star Treks, the show is very um, whimsical with its depictions of structures of power. Um, in the mm -hmm. in the way that like you'll go to a planet in Star Wars and like the leader will be like a little boy who just kind of like waves people around <laughs> you're supposed to laugh and like that literally happens in season two of discovery right with like the 17 year old queen of the most dilithium yeah. rich planet in the and that's fine right. but in the mm -hmm. all in all the old treks like you go to some new planet and it's like a council of old farts and like bland yeah. shirts, <laughs> bland beige shirts yeah. um, every now and then there's like a some sort of malevolent entity in the body sure. of a little boy or something <laughs> Oh, okay. Hey, well, if we're counting original series, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I feel like that's a very original series thing in the whole. Oh, yeah. the scary thing. Oh, it's actually like a child in disguise, child, yeah. or yeah, it's, yeah. It's, uh, it's uh, he's three thousand years old, but they live okay. to be fifty thousand years old, so he's really just a baby, you know, that that kind of thing. Yeah, no, that's a anyway, good catch. Yeah, I was just reminded of of that tendency and discovery by by yes. this scene again. Well, I have some thoughts, but I don't want to step on other people's thoughts. No, I think I, think I want to can... give space. I want to give space to your uh, 
why don't you give your thoughts, yeah. Carrie, and then we'll, we'll we'll move on to the other people's thoughts. You know? Okay. Well, I wrote a few things down, and first of all, I wrote down she didn't need to kill that guy on the show. Yeah. No. She my God. There was no, absolutely no. no reason to kill that guy. This, it was really bizarre. I get uh, that you have yes. swords, and you're sword fighting, and sword fighting is you know def- different than phasers and stun things, but. Every other show, you could just like hit somebody on the head and you knock them out and they run away. But now you're going to stab him and he's going to die immediately. And then also on Star Trek, they can sometimes bring people back. They can yeah. sometimes be like, sure. you know what? We're just going to replace your uh, spleen with another spleen. You get different like new a, lungs it, now. So It looked like maybe she got his spinal cord too, though. It was like a real direct shot yeah. straight through like the middle belly. There's to no the reason. There was no reason. Like I get the whole like choose to live thing. Very dramatic. But again... Yeah no need to kill this guy other than to advance the plot of the story that was the mm-hmm. only real reason to do it but but even then just sealing the dilithium would have been enough to advance the plot of the story <laughs> so um i i don't know i guess they just they keep wanting to in every episode so so far they want the stakes to be the stakes higher so dramatically so dramatically like this is so important and they're doing that in every episode um, and she didn't need to kill that guy. And later on, she kills that other nun. There's no reason to kill that other nun either. Like, that was also ridiculous. Um, I also wrote down Tilly doesn't like cheese. Like, what is up with that? Yeah, yeah I, 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 what is up with that. Tilly? What is up with Tilly not liking macaroni and cheese? Everybody loves macaroni and cheese. That really bothered me that Tilly doesn't like cheese. <laughs> it was a very saved by it's, the bell moment. Like, well, I don't like macaroni and cheese, but I'm going to try and eat it anyway. Mom's great. Like, that's it's, what it felt like. <laughs> take, take a shot every time Tilly says the word comfort. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. yeah. Out yeah. of my comfort zone. Out of my comfort zone. I'm so and, uncomfortable. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. And then there was another part and I'm going to go really fast. Cause I went, you know, I got a lot of thoughts. I'm just, I wrote them down like, bullet out, points. like uh, every episode. Now I'm finding something that proves Jay's point that he gave like earlier, the second episode that we did that they just throw things in our face, like spell things out for us so directly, like mm-hmm. thinking that we couldn't possibly figure it out on our own because there was the one interaction with Stamets going, it's a dark matter nebula. I've reduced it to DMA because it's a lot of extra words. So now we're going to see say DMA, okay? Yeah, it was a little crazy. <laughs> okay, well, all right, we get it. Thank you. They even, um, I mean, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, no, go, 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 go. Go, Mike. Well, they, they had that even all over with, like, the Booker subplot, if only because, yeah. especially towards the end, when he um, when when he does the mind meld and everything, I feel like there were three separate characters who basically told him, hey, I know that must have been very, very traumatic when you relived the, you know, re- relived the memories of the planet. And it's just like, it was one of those things, which just like, I don't think you needed one character to say that. I think we as an audience going are going, yeah. like, this is very traumatic yeah. for him to yeah. go through. Yeah, yeah. Use your... You don't have to use your words all the time. No, but no. you know, on the other, like I keep going back and forth because on the other hand, I very much appreciate things being spelled out for me in shows, but just because I think it's like refreshing and I don't have to be like, oh, what is the deeper meaning? Let's tear it apart and yeah. find like, oh no, this is what you mean. So I sometimes appreciate that, but this it's just too much. Mm-hmm. And um, Tilly does not put me at ease. Um, how did she know <laughs> that? Like, oh, uh, Tilly should come. She's not very good at combat, but yes, you know, it's a diplomatic mission. She really yeah. puts people at ease. And I'm mm. like, no, she doesn't. No, I she doesn't. I mean, yeah, yeah. No, she doesn't. She doesn't shut up. She goes on and on and on. And she, you know. <laughs> I did, I did, however, appreciate the moment she had with that Kuatmalat sister. Yeah. That, where, where she was like, where, where the Kuatmalat sister said, um, um, you're you worried that your enthusiasm uh, annoys me. But I don't mind it, or I don't, or, or I, or it's fine with me, or I, I don't have the exact words. But but then until he's just like, oh yeah, absolute candor. <laughs> she just like, which you know that that one I did appreciate actually. I thought that was yeah, cool. I like that too. That's okay, I'm, I'm almost. Oh sorry. I'm almost finished with my bullet points of the first act. <laughs> Do it. Uh, how did how did Michael know that was a turbo lift when they were on that you know planet thing? Like how oh, how we're do you know that? Far ahead. Oh, sorry, we skipped too far ahead. Okay. No, I think, <laughs> anyway. I think, I think uh, at this point, because I don't have confidence, <laughs> in, uh, not in you guys, but just in the general scheme of when we get excited and talking about things, I don't think we should feel the need to 
uh, make sure we hit every plot point. So I think sure. we're, we're talking about. It. Let's just talk about. I I I just I just wrote down bullet points because I want to get like my thoughts as I was well. I watched the show at least twice. Me too. The first time just yeah. to soak it in, just to soak it in. The second time sure. to just really write down my thoughts. <laughs> well, first time for you, second time for us. I like that. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's good. yeah. Yeah. Well. I, I have so many thoughts and Carrie, I want to return to a couple of your bullet points because I have, I have mm -hmm. so many, but like, I will say that like, sometimes, sometimes I have an issue watching the show and that seems like a weird thing to say, but because the show <laughs> is so, I have an issue watching the show. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I shouldn't be laughing. <laughs> no, 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 that was a weird thing to say. <laughs> I accidentally like, watched The Mandalorian instead. Sometimes <laughs> I have an issue um, No, because... No, okay, Jake, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, it's just, it's just funny how this show, like, we're, we're reviewing the show, and um, we, have, we have feelings about it. We really do. We do. I love it. I love this show. Like, I don't know if you could... <laughs> but, um, yeah. well, I think all of us are very used to Star Trek being done in a very, very specific way where it's like kind of stodgy and kind of stage-like. And the Star Trek Discovery, I think all the new shows are like this to a degree, but Star Trek Discovery is so of kind of obsessed with like being like visually cool. And they do some really visually cool things, but sometimes even like it mm -hmm. kind of, my, my brain doesn't work where it's basically just like, oh, wow, that's a cool shot. Wait, what did they just say? I feel like that happens a lot for me. Uh, I don't know if anybody else has a problem. Well, visually flashy is kind of refreshing. It's like the plot-wise flashy that I find very grating. Yes. Like, we don't need a dead family member to come back in some form every season. Mm -mm. We don't need like <laughs> two separate time travel occasions. We don't like just calm down, stay where you are for a second. Okay, not to, <laughs> not to disagree with you, but in the season of Deep Space Nine I'm currently watching, there's at uh -huh. least two timeline, two time travel. Oh, we yeah. use a timeline, time travel. I mean, there's still, there's a, there's a fair, yeah. there's a lot of dead relatives that pop and up. And don't too. get I'm me just... started on how many times they dip into that mirror universe and come back. <laughs> I mean, they come back, right? Like it yeah. doesn't, it doesn't yeah. forever yeah. disturb the equilibrium of the show that you're watching. That's true. No. That's yeah. very and, true. And it's also worth pointing out that that show did like 26 episodes a year, whereas this one is only doing like 10 to yeah, 12. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, different feel. That is, that is a point different that we return feel. to a lot, which I think is good to remember that they are cramming in yeah yeah 26 episodes worth of information yeah. into 10 to 12. And i think i think i really like this show and i think the reason why people get so you know like that show is an abomination you know i've seen some people say about right. the show yeah but i'm like okay calm down because what you're doing is that you're comparing it to another show and you can't mm -hmm. do that you can't even it is star trek so it has the same star trek timeline it's everything but when you start, being, if you cannot compare it to the original series and people are out there going, this is not the original series, you can't do that. Right. Um, it's none of the none of the Star Trek shows that are out there now or ever before were the same as each other. They were all uniquely different. So this sure. one is also. And you know what you couldn't put on TV right now is the original series. <laughs> no, you couldn't. No. Absolutely no. not. So, I mean. You know things need to evolve and change and i think i think they are yeah um michael was making points i want michael to continue making points yes oh, i i just wanted to so so carrie your very first bullet point was about um why did she kill that guy and mm -hmm. I, you know like we were talking before about just like things that almost make it to the finish line right and like that's what this episode was for me it was like almost really good it was like good in concept except the execution made me go like well wait did you guys understand the concept because like the thing about this the episode that i liked in theory was the idea of like this is very you know it's like it, this is very it's a self-contained episode and it's very much i feel like designed to be like a classic kind of like star trek morality play kind of like with a little bit of like kind of a western influence just like kind of like the like the classic episodes of the old show and and, and stuff like that where it's very much just about you know, like um, it, it's it's literally a, you know, a, a heist that happens in the beginning of the episode. You know, it would be like in a Western, it would be like people robbing a train, you know, and then it's all about mm -hmm. just like, well, why do they rob the train? You know, like, well, they're they're criminals, you know, like so that's what they do. And then, you know, you you investigate and you discover, oh, no, and actually they had a they had a really good reason for robbing, you know, and it's about you know, kind of slinging your perspective out of balance, just being like, oh, okay, there's there's people out there 
whose values, they're not different than ours. They just, they're valuing things that we don't even see and that's influencing mm-hmm. their behavior. But mm-hmm. the problem that happens there is when you, your whole premise is based on the idea of just like, well, it's a murder of a Starfleet officer and there's no reason for it. Um, I I, I think in the staging of it, I I think it doesn't really quite work. The writing of it doesn't quite work. And not only that, they even established that we're just handing out dilithium to all, you know, and and I get it. It's a shipment. It's got to go somewhere. But it's like, but if you're handing out free dilithium, then like, I'm not saying Starfleet chips should roll over for piracy. But at the same time, it's just like, all right, fine. You want the dilithium? I don't want to die. You you go. Yeah. You get it, you know, like, and if the, and if the Kawat Malat are as important as they say, if some, if one of their, the nuns of that order comes around and says, I need this and I can't tell you why, but you have to trust me. They should just do it. They should just do it. Yeah. (laughs) Another, another part of that, Mike, like the whole gambit of like, why are they committing this crime kind of Mm -hmm. falls flat when you already know from the beginning, it's in the service of a lost cause. Because yeah. if you know who the Coat Milot are, then you know that's it. And then it's yeah. explicitly said by Dr. Burnham, right? Like, yeah. it's probably related to Javeni's lost cause. It's like, all right, well, that's why it's happening. That's probably right. yeah. my best guess. <laughs> yeah, there, there's yeah. kind of, there's a central like conflict here, right? Which is the need to get justice for a murdered Starfleet officer. And then yeah. also the need to respect Coat Milot and Navarre is also mentioned in this episode, but not really mm-hmm. that big a part. But their their traditions and cult and their mem- their own sovereignty in some form, I guess, mm-hmm. right? And that's sort of but like neither one of those sides are really elaborated upon enough mm-hmm. to no. make it yeah. feel real, at least for my taste. Like we don't actually get to understand the wound that the murder of this officer has on Starfleet's psyche. The only right. character who really says anything about it is Burnham, and no. she is very mm-hmm. much of two minds about it throughout the episode. Um, I, I agree. I agree. I think I'm also not... something that is important to remember is that justice, this idea of justice is totally relative and subjective. So if yes. she's getting angry for like, we need justice for this guy, we need justice for this guy. Well, listen, maybe that is that is justice. You're respecting that other planet that has nothing to do with you. You can't go in there and say, you have to follow our method of you know, justice and law mm-hmm. when they have their own. They're not, they're not, they're separate. They're working together. You have to sort of respect that. And even though they killed one of your people, quote unquote, that that justice is not going to look the same from one p- planet or culture to another. I, I also think, and, and correct me if you have a different thought on this, if we had gotten to I'm going to skip to the end. If we got to the end and we saw that Javeni's lost cause had some deeper, I don't know. It just didn't yeah. pay off in the way that I thought no. it, like, it didn't no. give me any impetus to mm-hmm. say this made sense to me. It makes yeah. sense that she, um, because this race of this alien race hadn't, I mean, I, I get, I get why it, it heightened the, the, the things f- for everyone involved, but <clears throat> Uh, her connection to them being just that she felt them calling out to them and that being enough for her to take it on and just I just trying to just, protect them yeah and then and then Burnham of course solves the problem in five minutes yeah uh, and, and it and, makes her <laughs> it makes that character look stupid right. because exactly. it's like yeah. oh you never thought that you could just wake them up right yeah. right uh, she hired a yeah. whole band of mercenaries some of whom probably had technical expertise if they just right. stopped murdering people for a second right it makes her look but not just stupid but bloodthirsty honestly because yeah. you know like all this could have been avoided you know and when you're dealing with loss of life that really really hurts i also feel like burnham kind of being the mouthpiece of for this episode of justice i feel like from a writing standpoint i felt like the way they decided to do that was basically just say well she's she she should say the word justice a lot but mm-hmm. like you don't really get a sense of like what this means to it, it, it feels like burnham was picked semi at random just be like well she'll be the you know she'll she'll Mm -hmm. represent you know that that dynamic that piece of dynamic yeah yeah and this is like a really important inflection point in starfleet history in the show right like they've just come out of the burn they're finally like on an upward trajectory we've had like the triumphant return of starfleet academy and then there's this kind of jarring wound right that like this traumatic event yeah and we don't get to see how that really affects people we just get burnham talking about it twice that's a really good point. Yeah, it's frustrating. Like this could have been a really 
I just don't understand the political ramifications really because I don't I can't say what the Coat Milot really bring to Starfleet that's so important. It's not never really said why they're so important. Navar they say why Navar is important. Like you can tell they have a capable scientific institute. Important but... to Starfleet? No, I don't think they're important to Starfleet. I think they're important to Navar, and I think Navar is important to Starfleet. And important as so... a device to bring Burnham and her mother back together for yeah. episodes. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So, but what also yeah. felt like not a whole lot of you know, emotional juice. I mean, they kind of were like hugging no. each other. There wasn't a whole lot of the sparks you think might come from a reunion of two people who have mm -hmm. both traveled across a 1,000 years. Can I, wait, can <laughs> I, I, I know start... they've worked a lot of stuff out, but it's, 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 it's um, yeah, that mm. fell flat for me as well. Carrie said something that's just like the whole, the whole thing about, um, about Burnham being mad at Nivar Justice at the end of the episode yeah. is so true because the justice hasn't even been meted out yet, right? Like, you don't know how Navarre yeah. is planning to punish Javeni, and yet Burnham is already upset about justice not being served. When right. you don't even know what the punishment is. So what is Burnham even upset about? Right. right. Yeah, uh, Starfleet I... can't come in Crazy. and be like, you have to do, you have to punish this guy, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Who cares? Before a sentence is handed <laughs> out, even. Like, you don't even know what you're yeah. criticizing. It but that would like make that would make Starfleet like a like a dictatorship, like a totalitarian yeah, sure. type of you know over uh, oppressive you know uh, thing, which it it, it isn't, <laughs> or it's, it shouldn't. Be. Yeah, it's it, done so explicitly that you almost feel like they're driving at a point with it, but I don't think they were. In that, like, you almost mm -hmm. want someone to approach Burnham at the end and just be like, hey, you weren't interested in justice. You were interested in vengeance. That's not the same thing, you know? Um, but that's that, that's not the direction they go. And 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 even if they had, like they I, I don't, you know, the, the 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 entire course of the episode, I don't think they're 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 teeing that up at all. But it it just it's such a weird note, honestly, to it it just felt random. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I would love for us to because I feel like we've done a good job covering this big A plot of the story. Um, I would love to talk about some of the B plots, specifically um, Gray and uh, Adira and Gray getting incorporated into a body. And I would love to hear how, how we all felt about uh, that. Um, and I'll give a quick synopsis. Basically, <clears throat> the, uh, the synth body gets, gets finished that Gray can be incorporated into. They get the, the representative from... Uh, Trill uh, to come, uh, the, the Guardian from Trill to come and help make sure it happens. And once it happens, it seems as if um, the, that they're not sure if Grey has made it over into the body, and so Adira is worried, and then Adira sort of spends some time calling to the lifeless synth, saying, I'm here, come, you know, find me, and then eventually they do, and it's very sweet. Um, and I, for one, I kind of, I, 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 I like the two of them. I, I was happy, I like this. Mm -hmm. This is a, a nice sort of um, balance to what was going on in the rest of the episode, I thought. I have a great, I agree. I have a great appreciation for these two characters, um, not just in Star Trek context, but just in, you know, the media context, because I, I've heard them on interviews say that, uh, that the gray is sort of a, um, a metaphor for the, the trans experience. Mm -hmm. So, and, and what they are actually doing on this show is exploring that in a way that isn't, that, that, that they have agency over themselves and that they mm -hmm. um, are, are able to be seen and, and other shows that show trans experiences, you know, are more about like, uh, they're a little bit more depressing. Yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, um, and I think I, this is a very unique position they get put into. So, I, I definitely appreciate this. And 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 also put in an environment where you know, even though it is a metaphor, you know, I, I think the, the 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 good vibes are apparent from the fact that there's no one on screen who's you know voicing the idea of this should not be happening. You know, yeah. like that, that 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 that's just something that's completely been outgrown, mm -hmm. which is so refreshing to see. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. The scene where where Gray wakes up and Adira and Gray are reunited might be one of the single most joyful scenes I've seen on television. There's so much mm -hmm. genuine warmth. Mm -hmm. I, I yeah. really enjoyed that scene. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Gray is a hugger. Gray is a hugger, we <laughs> find out. And if you don't want to hug, don't pass. If you see Gray walking towards you and down the hallway, walk the other way. <laughs> right. All right, because he, hug, he hugs the guardian, right? He hugs the guardian? They will or hug he hug you. 
yeah, he's like, yeah, I can't yeah. wait to see you when I give you a hug. It's like, oh, <laughs> I will find you and give you that hug. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, no, it was it was very nice. And um, yeah, as Carrie was saying, I love I love that idea that you know because as we yeah, so much so much of what trans representation has been in media is 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 the is people you know societal. Um, uh, uh, distaste and and unacceptance and you know it's just so it's so good to see them get to take agency over their own story that's great yeah mm -hmm. yep. when i especially think too i mean this is um and chris since you're going through d space nine right now which is sure you know, where we where we uh where we kind of really got to know the trill and um and, and yeah. i feel like and I, and I feel like it's never been more um uh kind of uh more blatant i guess um you know, then in this show, basically about, you know, the, the trill kind of being a stand-in metaphor for a whole bunch of different experiences, including that one. But even in D Space Nine, that was definitely something that they, you know, played with, I think, to the best of their ability. Because if you read interviews and whatnot, they, they always say that, you know, like they were always trying to push things here and there. And, you know, and they were always kind of getting tallies of just like, you know, like we got angry, we got angry letters about this, angry letters about that. And, and it's crazy to think mm -hmm. about, you know, just you know, if Star Trek is like this living thing that's constantly evolving, constantly pushing yeah. this barrier, it's it's great yeah. to see that connection between from that between then and now to show that just like yeah, now this is in 2021, this is our idea of boundary pushing. You know, yeah. um, and I, I think that's great being part of that tradition. And you can even see the leap that happened from Next Generation to Deep Space Nine because yeah, I am in season that's, four that's... of Deep Space Nine where Dax has a full on, you know, sort of. Uh, love affair with another woman yep. who mm -hmm. she used to be married to, but now she she's in a woman's yeah. body. But so it does yep. give them. But meanwhile, in Next Generation, the closest they got to that was maybe like Riker falling in love with that androgynous species. Do you remember yes. that? Oh um, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That that fueled that. a lot of so things for me. Tried. I got. <laughs> yeah. They yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, I've definitely appreciated yeah. that those types of scenes in the time that they were uh, shown. <laughs> yeah. It makes you go, wow, I can't believe they're showing this. I, and I do think that, I think there was a Deep Space Nine a documentary, the What We Left Behind. When you're oh, done watching, yeah. when you're done watching Deep Space Nine, watch that documentary. And, okay. and I think they had previously sort of missed the mark on trills because I thought that would have been a great opportunity to introduce non-binary characters sure. um, into Star Trek. Um, and that was that was my opinion. I was like, people don't really quite understand the the pronoun they. Um, that when you when you aren't that when you are mm -hmm. when you're when you're not nine not when you're binary, you sure. don't understand what it's like to be non-binary. So I mean, that could have been a nice way to introduce. You mean that on, to on Deep Space Nine? You think on Deep Space Nine? I think they oh, kind of missed the mark there, but. It, again, it was the '90s, and they didn't yeah, I, it's just, have the, that yeah, sort like of reference. Part of the cultural conversation. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, I, and I did hear that. Uh, I I did uh, hear an interview on that. What we left behind, Ira uh, Stephen mm -hmm. Bear, like in retrospect, regretted that they didn't have enough um, LGBT LGBTQ mm -hmm. representation on that show when they had opportunities to do sure. so. So in retrospect, I think they had those had those regrets it did, it's, it did it's, feel like oh sorry go mike oh, no, i was just gonna a second up it's, it's a really great documentary and you get the sense of just like they have regrets about things they didn't fight for and then they also have regrets about things that they did fight for basically where they mm -hmm. lost the fight kind of thing so yeah you know it's 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 interesting sorry jay go ahead no i was just gonna say there there are some pairings on that show where it feels like they straight like they made them they made the characters straight when they really could have read as yes. Yeah, like Garrick and Bashir. If you read their interactions, <laughs> yeah, it's we like, got there. We got back to Garrick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We Sexual got back tension. to Garrick. Every single oh, episode that we have recorded so far, we will we we want to talk about Garrick. <laughs> we should just be yeah. like Garrick time, you know? Like, let's just reserve all of Garrick for the podcast for just Garrick time. <laughs> no, but Jay, you're absolutely right because so many episodes where like they'll they'll come in and Garrick's like, oh, but darling, you didn't invite me to the holiday. Like, it's a very, it's a very <laughs> Which I love, like Garrick and and, and uh, sorry, and also Kira and Dax to some extent. Yes, yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Well, even Garrick and Garrick. So I just saw this episode where Garrick, Garrick um, and Garrick, Garrick, and Garrick <laughs> no, but Garrick and his like old mentor from uh, the um, whatever secret, 
Obsidian mm-hmm. Order. Mm-hmm. And they both are like, they're both like, they're literally like two old drag queens being like, well, I remember you I'm, used to. I, I was like, I'm I was like, I'm obsessed <laughs> with this, like, mm-hmm. old queen dynamic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm all about it. Like, this, like we're literally mm-hmm. backstage at Hamburger Mary's Deep Space Nine. Uh, and, and, and and it's all deliberate because again yes. this, is in the do- this is in the documentary as well but i mean andrew robinson has said that basically just like oh yeah i played garrick as gay and you know yeah. and, and 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 you know and, like no bones about it you know in the sense yeah. of, like we weren't we you know we weren't allowed to it wasn't allowed to be written that way but like that's the yeah. way i played it you know and 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 that's so awesome yeah mm-hmm. love it um and i believe okay not, not, not to take us back to <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's get let's back to the else yes, yes. Garrick talk. Because we're just going to play yeah. the Garrick segment at a certain point. Yeah. But um, <laughs> uh, we should circle back to the episode. There is one more um, sort of subplot to go over, and I think that's sort of the Stamets, book right? Stamets' um, yeah. primordial mm. uh, wormhole uh, theory mm. and then uh, evolution. And so that, yeah, um, mm-hmm. anybody, anyone, else, anyone want to describe that? Because I'm, 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 yes, go for it, Jay. I, I, oh, okay. I, I, sorry. So um, I was going to start, start, uh, complaining but i can i can do an impartial summary instead yeah can you impartial summary into a complaint I, yes I, I, gladly. i've seen you do it before you're very good at that i trust you gladly <laughs> um so stamets is tasked with figuring out what the anomaly is or figuring out anything about how it operates basically and he's been trying to solve it on his own for some reason but he's basically commanded he either i forget if he's commanded or decides to reach out to the navarra science institute but one way or another he he's going to go meet with the navarra science institute i think he's commanded i think i think you're right i think that's it yeah why is a starfleet officer refusing help and insisting they solve a problem themselves what yeah what has happened really typical starfleet officer typical what has happened anyway Mm -hmm. he he's gonna go to navarra and meet with their head scientists and booker asks to come along because he wants to I guess he wants to help feel like of use or to witness, really I don't know, to yeah. Im- immerse himself in, I don't know. There, there are less expensive and less politically volatile ways to do therapy, but I guess you do, you book. Um, <laughs> and Stamets kind of demurs and tries to say like, oh, it's going to be all this high level math that you wouldn't understand. And then he reveals, no, the real reason I'm bash, I don't want you to come along is because I'm going to have to talk about the destruction of Quajon in a clinical cold fashion. And book says, I can handle it. Cool. So they go down to the planet, and Stamets tells the tells all the Navarre scientists what he's found, and they go into a deep meditative state. When he and the whole time he's derisively, not derisively, he's condescendingly telling them to stop yeah. napping, which is so man. Starfleet's like open mindedness has taken yeah, many steps. Oh my back. god! I'm so yeah, glad yeah. you said that because yeah. I was waiting for you to pause so that I could say something like that. <laughs> yeah. Right. They, they know better in the 2300s, yeah. and yet somehow they've forgotten in the 3000s. And Stamets is like one is almost at the point where he's like snapping in front of these meditating Vulcans, going like, "Wake up!" Like he's almost there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they they uh, meanwhile the the Navarra president. I don't know if the Navarra Navarra leader has a name, but Tarina 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 yes. Tarina Tarina sees Book kind of off to the side and looking distraught, and kind of still ruminating on what happened to Quajon and Trina kind of console, like talks to him and doesn't really console him but lets him like kind of makes him come around to the idea that he can't run away from this um, and as that's happening I think Stamets and the Navarra scientists are are debating what the what the DMA is and and they they I think Stamets is convinced that it's binary black holes and Navarra is saying like, can't be if there isn't tachyon radiation and Tarina, Tarina suggests that they go into books memories to see if there is a blue band in the sky that will reveal definitively tachyon radiation. And so book agrees to relive that painful memory in order to be of service. And while they're, while they're rooting around in his memories, he, Goes to he goes to see Leto one last time, see the last memory of Leto playing in the forest, and Book gets great solace from seeing that Leto could look looked back at him and saw that Book loved him, and that that's it. There we go. Traumatic um trauma trauma overcome. Feels Book. better. He feels all better. better. Yeah. Um, he feels all better. It. Done. Less than whole planet. Bye now. 
I um okay. Uh, can, I'm Carrie, all, not I stop, feel like not I'm always. You, Carrie, but yeah. uh, we did promise Jay that he could uh, complain about it after he. Oh came, right, right, uh, right, right. right. So we we'll let it. I feel like I'm always Jay. jumping in. I feel like I'm always <laughs> jumping in like real I mean, fast. I did my detour, my complaining detour along the way. It was okay. It was so, okay, everything okay. Stamets. Stamets. I just wanted to make sure. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure everything. Did, did Stamets stock up on like annoying pills like this season? Because I feel like yeah. it, it, it. Like I don't remember him always being like this. Am I wrong? I. Um, I feel like he was often <laughs> like this. Yeah. Okay. His default expression, like no matter if someone's talking to him, it doesn't matter what they're saying. His default expression is as though they're at a fancy dinner together and the other characters spilled wine on themselves. And Stamets yeah. just gives you this like disdainful curled lower lip. Mm. And kind of or like, like how he's about yeah. to break out into song, like he didn't put any. Okay, so but also now, uh, not not to be not to be contrary wise, but we we're just lauding a Garrick for all these same exact qualities. Oh <laughs> so no! isn't the star. Sorry, Garrick isn't a Starfleet officer. Like he's supposed okay. to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's supposed no, no, to be no. Starfleet. Garrick is does, 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 is not compared to Garrick. When Stamets annoys me, what first thing that comes into my head is I wish he was Alan Tudyk. Like instead well, of, <laughs> oh, well. oh, that would be interesting. I, I, I mean, put, that can is. we switch? Can Let's, we switch? I'm down. Okay. Yeah, I do love um, but I'm fine. I'm fine. Stamets is Stamets is uh, growing on me. But I did note the the cultural insensitivity to Vulcans was weird. Yeah, that was nice. um, weird. At this point, yeah. you should know about Vulcans and yeah. how they, you know, are. Are different but i also did think just the 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 group meditation for science was also weird like <laughs> that's not really how science is done there was no and this one guy just answered for all of them why were they all just meditating and well just right. one guy like there was just like a weird group meditation mind meld that didn't make any sense either vulcans yeah. have actual technology that they can use they don't right. just meditate yeah they don't just meditate yeah well what if what if in the future that technology is linked with their biology to create a meditative tachyon web work. <laughs> I don't know. I, I didn't, I didn't like, it was odd, but I think it was kind of meant to be yeah. comedic, but then Stamets is just being like a really That's what, that's what we talked about last week. Like all these moments that should be comedy are not being played that way <laughs> yeah, right I, I feel like tilly in this episode also kind of fits that mold because yeah there were some some things that well, were she meant came to back be... to her comedy i think more than she has in, the, in these other episodes this season mm -hmm. like i mean the moisturizer thing where she like drops the blade while on the ship and she's like i i moisturized <laughs> this morning funny. like you can yeah that that was comedy that worked but then there were also other things where like i wasn't sure and mm -hmm. I kind of felt like I was just watching Tilly embarrass herself. And then like, I just felt kind of bad. Hmm. There's one more thing that I want to say about uh, that whole scene with an, on uh, Navarre. I actually, uh, President Tarina is really growing on me. She's starting to become one of my favorite characters this season. I, I really like the way she plays being a Vulcan because she's, a lot of times you've seen Vulcans in Star Trek act very robotic because yes. they were told to be not emotional. So I yes. think that she's doing a very good job of not being emotional while at the same time acting like <laughs> uh, a person would act, not a robot. So mm -hmm, she's, mm -hmm. and, and it is true. I like that line because I've always loved Vulcans for that. They do have emotions. They experience very strong emotions, actually. Yeah. They've just decided to um uh control them and manage them and and uh value logic instead so i i like the way she's playing the the vulcan and i like this character a lot yeah it's it's an important distinction especially because yeah no, i i really liked that really i i liked point. her interaction with uh with, with with booker because you know like the best way to play a vulcan is i think just this idea of yes we are repressing our emotions but you displaying emotions does not confuse me as in i don't know what these things i i don't know what emotions are yeah you know? because, like yeah it, 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 it's it's different you know i like that uh, a lot yeah i like that and to have an open oh sorry yeah you go you go and to have an open-mindedness about it where like sometimes you see vulcans yeah. be judgmental of yes. more emotional beings yeah Trina was not point. no at all yeah well she's like an evolved vulcan like she is the, the ten thousand years in the future vulcan who mm -hmm. 
and meanwhile, then we've got Stamets, who's like, yeah, Vulcan, meditation. <laughs> Are you guys yeah. just going to take a nap while we do science? Uh, well, what's the I agenda mean, for the conference? Uh, to be fair, That's... yes, I know he's from 10,000 years or 1,000 years ago, whatever it is. Um, so I get it. I, I, I caught yeah, my own. Okay, no, but that's good point. But, I know, but but like that's the thing that like because uh, again I think I said this last week where sometimes on Discovery it's it's tough to remember like who's from what time zone you know at right. this point. Um, but like the thing about Stamets is especially because he's from the original you know like he's from the 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 pre Kirk, but like post, you know, first contact Archer. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah post Archer and all that kind of, and it's this idea of just like well you know at this point like humans and Vulcans are very like hand in hand so like I understand being thrown still by you know what's happening you know, technologically or everything culturally, you know, within the two new time zone, but like Stamets' mm-hmm. behavior is really made basically just, it, it, you know, it, it felt a little bit just like, mm, Vulcans, I don't get them. And it's basically just like, but yeah. like, but like, you do. Yeah, you do. You have to, you know, you like do. that's, yeah. And yeah. even if you don't, to then like be so arrogant as to be yes. like, stop napping. <laughs> <Come> yes. <on. laughs> yeah. I, I think this is like, Carrie, earlier you said that we can't compare this show to other shows. And in an ideal world, I don't think we would, but mm. it's impossible to have an idea of what Star Trek is unless you're implicitly thinking about other shows. Mm. And the part that annoys me about Stamets is that he doesn't align. Like, I've, I've kind of acknowledged that I have to compare this to other shows, but I, the way I try to be fair is by intentionally picking what things I'm comparing it to. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think it's fair mm. to hold this show to be consistent with the depictions of Starfleet in other shows where mm-hmm. Starfleet is yeah. A, yeah. is an open-minded collective about working together. And when I see things in this show mm-hmm. that either undermine that, like just for comedic throwaways, like that kind mm-hmm. of pisses me off. <laughs> that's that's everything I wanted to say, but couldn't figure out a way to articulate. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what <laughs> I think you exactly. did, Mike. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, and I hate to be the Stamets of the group. But, <laughs> oh. Um, <laughs> But we, we are getting to the point where we need to begin wrapping up and or wrap up. Do we have any final thoughts? I think we've done a pretty good job uh, going over the plot, talking about our big our big thoughts. Any final thoughts on this episode? I, I, I do have a final thought, but I'm, I feel like oh. I always am like, me first, me first, me first. <laughs> you, you, you take your chunk out of the middle, babe. Me, I, me, I support me, you. Me. I support you. You do it. <laughs> I... I have been reading a, a book by Octavia Butler called Dawn. And if you haven't read any Octavia Butler, you definitely should. Um, and I was really thinking about this because there was a long, weird speech that Admiral Vance gave to um, Burnham at the end about how it's an orchestra. And basically, they're a hierarchy. And you have to, like, there's a leader and you follow the leader and then you you um you gotta go up the go up the the chain of command um which made me think of this octavia butler book because the uh the 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 human was interacting with the aliens and the aliens were so different that they could not even understand their the hierarchical system that humans have Mm -hmm. and that is something that is unique to if you if there were other planets and other species a hierarchy is unique to this planet it's like coded in us because if you look at all of the animals on this planet they all sort of work with a hierarchy including humans and and i thought that's a very arrogant thing to say to uh, michael burnham at the end about you have to listen to her because she is the orchestra leader and we're just sections of the orchestra because you cannot bend, you cannot force that onto other uh, cultures and societies um, just because you have, we have this hierarchy and we have this uh, chain of command. Um, so that's what Starfleet I feel is wanting to do is to push this chain of command onto um, uh, anybody who joins the Federation. <laughs> so I just, I just think there's some like cultural insensitivity. So you have to let, you have to let um, them take their uh, Kawat Malat leader, extradite them to their planet, and you just have to be okay with that because they're not you. They are not human. They are not even part of your organization. They're just people that you're working with, and you have to respect them. That's that's my final thought. So go read some Octavia Butler. So that's okay. going to wrap up my um, uh, 
my final thought and my and recommendation. Uh, and my recommendation. Wow. Octavia okay, I love that. Oh, I love that. Oh, two in one. Okay, Michael, thoughts my, uh, and final <laughs> thoughts or recommendations or both? Um, I don't have recommendations. I, 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 I wish. Um, I, again, you know, we see above regarding time just flying by right now. But I will say that, um, Carrie, everything you just said is, I mean, that, that, that's so I, I, you know, like you're, you're on levels basically with that conversation that I, that I was not, and I'm just, and everything you're just saying makes perfect sense. My takeaway from that, when he said, when Admiral Vance said that was basically, it just reminded me of every bad boss I've ever had. We're just like, you know what this group is? This group is like, and you're just like, oh God, it's the, it's the, well, we're all, you know, not just on a team, but we're all like, you know, cogs in this thing or like, it's like, oh God, like spare me. Like, kind of just like, and like, it just, just, just felt like, just like, you know, and, and again, yeah, just like what I, and she's the conductor. You know what that is, right? She's like, yeah, I know what a conductor is. Yeah, like, I'm, uh, you like music? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> that was such a weird, that was such it a was weird. weird. You know, you, we're, weird. We're, we're talking about like people who don't like macaroni and cheese, basically just like, do you like music? Like, who doesn't like music? Like, <laughs> they only listen to Klingon opera. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, and then he says, they pay me by the letter, which would be totally an obsolete statement yeah. in thousands of years in the future because no one's getting paid. Yeah, because it's, yeah. <laughs> Socialism. I feel like Kate. <laughs> Admiral, Admiral Vance must have found like an old like manager, like, you know, like handbook basically that fell through a wormhole. And like one of the chapters was like, ooh, and, and bring jokes. He's like, all right. Yeah, I got he, found, he found the art of the deal. And yeah. looking for Oh God, oh uh, God. <laughs> Hey, Jay, do you have any final thoughts or recommendaciones? Uh, yeah. I guess I'll start by saying this episode could have been so much more interesting if they had replaced, if they had chosen to raise the stakes with world building instead of like mm -hmm. random interpersonal connections. Mm -hmm. and, because, and because this is like a serialized episodes coming out every week, short seasons, like the political world building can really be given life. And like, you can weave that thread instead of having someone's mother come back again as <laughs> Coat Milan. Yeah, right. Um, because like those, those stakes are, are they fine? They're like higher, but they're very temporary. And mm -hmm. I don't know, I guess if you just scoot off to another timeline in the next season, then this one doesn't really matter. So maybe there's no point in building the world. I, hmm, hmm. I think they wrote and uh, recorded this during 2020 during the pandemic. So I feel like this was mm -hmm. just on their mind of the writers. You know, how yeah. can we relate what's going on in the world to, to this show to what's going on in the world? Like, let's make big problems because everybody feels like we're fucked. Can sure. I say that? <laughs> so I think that's also Jay. I, I agree with not, you. We can believe you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I I agree with you. They they it could have been so much. Uh, it could have been better in that in that way. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a choice that they keep making over and over again because it's easy and it like lets you introduce yeah. a flashy new character. Mm -hmm. um, but it's frustrating. All right. Uh, that's that's I'll I'll end it there. Um, and no recommendations or anything? You don't have any, uh... Um, talk to a friend. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Hey, good. good. Yeah. yeah. Wow. You know, take something from this episode which pushed interpersonal relationships on us in a way we didn't want. Go push an interpersonal relationship on someone in your life that they might not want. And yeah. push some friendship on some friends. I like that. That's a good, <laughs> that's a good <clears throat> uh, takeaway. I, I thought, I agree with you, I agree with everything you've all said. I do think that this episode kind of hurt because it could have been, it, it had all the makings of a lot of a really cool, interesting. Also, like I'm fascinated by that alien race that woke up. I hope we see them later because they looked really cool and interesting. Yeah. And it just felt like we spent almost zero time. It's like, oh, and they're there, and now we'll we'll never see them again. Is what it feels mm -hmm. like. So I didn't I didn't love that. But I'm hoping that the frustrations we're feeling from some of these first episodes will be resolved with some some sort of like callbacks or things that make these things that feel not so great worth it. Um, but then I am also an eternal optimist. I'm terminally mm. uh, optimistic as I have been uh, called before. Um, <laughs> and uh, so we'll see. <clears throat> and as for recommendations, I recommend that you uh, follow me on Twitter. Uh, yeah. on, Twitter <laughs> on, on Instagram, I should say, at CD Newcomer. Uh, uh, anyone else want to throw out a handle to follow? Are you guys, you good? Yes? 
for save it. I'll answer. save it for next week. You'll save it for next week. Okay, great. Um, and I look forward. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna try to get some prime subjective um, social media presence going on as well. So Ooh, yeah. I have secured the prime subjective both on Instagram and Twitter. So keep your eyes out. Ooh. We may have a presence there at some point. Um, and maybe we'll feature some of the beautiful art that Karen Coleman, <gasps> Carrie Coleman Hinners made for us yeah. uh, for uh, for our great logo, which I still love. And other than that, um, thank you for your interpersonal friendship for this episode. I had a great time. Uh, thanks, Mike. Thank you. Thanks, Carrie. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, thanks Chris. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's always been a pleasure. Yeah. Good night. Good night. Right. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Did we record? Okay, we did record this. Oh, we definitely did. I don't think that's just.